This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 339 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Dr. Rose's Remedies, Total Saddle Fit, and listeners like you. Hillary Moore Hebert of Dressage Today discusses the challenges of having a baby in riding. Kathy Robertson of the USDF reviews the USDF convention and the USDF trainers conferences that are coming up over the winter. Listen in. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who am I? I'm not... I'm not uh, Philip today, right? No, I'm Glenn Dickey <laughs> from Ocala, Florida. Philip is still on some tropical island, <laughs> know. you know, drinking martinis, uh, watching the waves, and, and not thinking about us at all. Yeah, no, yeah. I certainly haven't heard anything. Like, hey, how are things <laughs> no, going? How's no, no, the show? You know, Nothing. I'm sure they don't have internet or phone or anything yeah, down there in the Philippines or whatever part of Asia he's in. I know. So. We don't even know. <laughs> He just disappeared. I think but. he told us, but I, I, I can't remember. I clearly wasn't listening when he told me. I just heard, I'm going away for two weeks to a tropical place, and I'm thinking, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I we know. hope you Happy have a great day coming up and a, and a terrific weekend. Just a quick reminder, Radiothon on Monday. So hop on over to horseradionetwork.com and click on the link in the middle of the page. You'll find out all the details and all the great prizes we're giving away. And uh, dressage riders are going to like some of those. We have a very you know, we have a fun show for you today. We're going to keep it simple. We have a couple of guests, and then we're going to wrap it up. So we're going to let Sounds you get good. to your holiday. Why don't, <laughs> why don't we go right after this word from Dr. Rose's Remedies? We're going to have Kathy Robertson on, right? That's right. And she's from the USDF. She's the Education Department Manager. Going to talk about the Trainers Conference and uh, the convention coming up. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. We are super excited this evening to have Kathy Robertson, Education Department Manager at the United States Dressage Federation on. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm good, Reese. How are you? We're great. Well, we always seem to do our USDF sort of what's happening and, and what's coming up uh, this time in November. So I'm super happy to have you back. Well, I'm happy to be back. Excellent. Well, Kathy, we can start. Tell us about what's happening at convention. Well, convention is upon us sort of quickly after finals, and um, we've got a very, very busy week lined up, um, both with um, our committee governance meetings and education. Um, let's get underway on the 2nd of December. 
um, with our some of our closed governance meetings. But we also will kick off our educational lineup on Wednesday night with the lecture and education component of our writer fitness program. Ooh, um, so on Thursday. Yeah. What's that? Who's who's doing that? And what's what's that all about? Um, we have a new person coming in this year. This year we have Jennifer Kotlo, um, who's going to be focusing on improving your writing through movement. And uh, we'll be doing the lecture on Wednesday. And then uh, very early on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mornings, um, we're going to be focusing on Pilates, Alamo, and horse strength. Each day is going to have a little bit of a different focus. And we're going to start that at 6 o'clock in the morning. I know that's very early. Yeah, Vegas time. (laughs) 6 o'clock Vegas time is like even earlier than normal. I'm just saying from my experience. It is. It is. But people want to have a chance to get through the class and then, you know, get ready for the meetings um, ahead. So it's going to be an early start for everybody. (laughs) Love it. But we're excited about that. And then on Thursday, of course, we have all of our committee meetings along with some education. We've got Dr. Richard Mitchell is going to be talking about care of the competitive sport horse. We've got some stuff on saddle fit. And then, of course, Thursday night, we have our welcome reception for all of our attendees. On Friday, we've got two open forums in the morning. One is our competition open forum, and the other is our GMO roundtable discussions. And they're going to be focusing, of course, on some issues and that are important to those particular groups. On Friday afternoon, we'll start our first Board of Governors meeting. We have a full day, uh, a full afternoon of um, agenda items to work our way through. We've got some elections to do. And we're going to wrap up Friday with more education. Dr. Kent Allen's going to be talking about USEF and FEI drug and medication issues. We've got Duncan Peters, who's going to be talking about the four performance mysteries in the dressage course. Um, and we're also going to learn about how uh, the forage that we feed our horse actually does affect their performance. Cool. And Saturday in the morning, we've got uh, the second session of our Board of Governors, and then we pretty much have a full day of education lined up. The topics that we're going to be covering on Saturday include chiropractic and acupuncture, We've got the science and treatment of back lameness. That'll be something new and exciting, I think. Dr. Um, Hillary Clayton's going to be talking about arena footing and how the surfaces that you work your horse on will affect your horse's soundness. Um, and a few other sessions. So we're really excited about that. Oh, we are for- fantastic. Yeah. Those sound- I'm yeah. like, ooh, I want to come. <laughs> We're fortunate in that AAEP um, is in Las Vegas at the same time as we are, and we're able to uh, use some of their vets for coming in for that meeting to have agreed to come over and do our lectures. So we're we're very excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. Yep. You know what I heard? Wait a minute. You know what I heard? (laughs) That they're in the same time as you guys? That means double the parties. That's just what I heard there. (laughs) That's right. Because I hear the AAP, those vets party hardy at the convention. So. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone's going to party hardy. Where where is the uh, convention? What hotel, Kathy? We are at the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino. It's um, just a little bit off the main strip. 
but close enough you can still, you know, partake in all those activities that go on downtown. So we are very excited about that. Yeah, and that's even close, I think, to Old Vegas where they have a, a skyline, a zip line through town. Yeah, it's it's fun yep. down there. We we went during the World Cup, um, and we had a we had a big time down there. So, uh, no, that'll be fantastic. So, Kathy had one question for you because uh, I actually don't know the answer either. Is the committee meetings? People can go to yes. the committee meetings, right? How does that work? Yes, uh, we have a handful of closed meetings on Wednesday, but for the meetings that are on Thursday, they are open to all of our attendees. We also, if they go to the website and look at the agenda, there's also a couple of sessions where we're going to be talking about the um, USEF rules that are being proposed to change for dressage. So our attendees will have an opportunity to provide some feedback on things that actually are affecting the sport. Yeah, and these are important to go to, wouldn't you say? I mean, if you're there, this is sort of where where things happen and where you learn about things. So I, yeah, I think it's they really are. Good play. Yeah, yeah, they're very important. And if you know the attendees can't go, they can uh, go to the website and they can look at all of the agendas that are posted on the website. They can see what's going to be being discussed in any of the meetings, and they can um, contact their delegate. The going to be there representing them and um, give them their feedback and those delegates can go to the meetings and, you know, really relay that information. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And that's that's what convention's there to do. And and I think it's a good way to learn about what's happening at USDF in the sort of inner workings. It's a, so if you haven't exactly. gone to convention, it's it's a really, really good thing to do to learn about USDF and then all the fantastic education that's happening. So, yep. Kathy, I'm ready. I'm so excited about the FEI Trainers Conference this year. Can you tell us a little bit? We're changing gears, and we're going to talk about uh, the Trainers Conference and it, that happens in January. Well, actually, we have two Trainers Conferences oh, this year. really? Um, which is, yeah, we have not had two Trainers Conferences in quite a while. We have one east and one in the west. And the first one, of course, coming up is going to be in January on the 18th and the 19th. It will be with Johan Hinneman. Um, in Loxahatchee, and uh, we're really excited that he agreed to come over and do that. He's not been in the U.S. very much, um, so it will be a great opportunity for our FBI-level trainers to um, see him and hear him and get some of his ideas on training and some tips on, you know, those upper-level horses. Yeah, I'm um, excited. And then our, you, you, like our you said, you can't conference. see him. Oh no! I was just going to say with Johan Hinneman, you can't. He really doesn't do very many things, very public things, very often. No. So he no, is he fantastic. That is great, and and really, I I don't think he's ever been over in the time that I can remember uh, doing a, a public clinic. So that's fantastic. Yeah, he did one up in the Northeast at Pineland Farm um, in the fall not too long ago. But up until then, he had not been here. I don't think at all. So we're we're super excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So uh, what's happening in the West? That's so exciting. Well, in the West, um, Stephen Clark, who did our um, conference last year in Florida, is coming back to do a conference in the West. And that's going to be on March 14th and 15th. We're going to be at El Sueño Equestrian Center, which is just north of Los Angeles. Um, and we're really pleased that we can bring our conference to the West to the trainers out there because not everybody can get to Florida in January. So we're, you know, going to put this out there and, um, 
let them have that exposure that, you know, we're able to give everybody else. Yeah, and Stephen Clark is fantastic. He did the trainers conference last year, and uh, yeah. I, and we covered it. And he really he was fantastic, and it was so cool to see from he's a judge and a trainer. So it was great to see him. You could, he would judge a test, and then the writer would come in, ride the test, and then he would improve. He would pick some things to improve, and then they would rewrite the test. And it was really cool to see. Yeah, it was good, and I would anticipate for him we would have that same format again uh, in 2016. Fantastic. So, Kathy, um, to wrap everything up, how the, the, there's specific criteria, right? You can't – not everybody can go to the FEI Trainers Conference, right? No, there is a, a specific list of criteria. It is on the website. It's a, a little bit lengthy, but it includes things like uh, gold and silver medalists, of course, FEI-level trainers and riders. Um, L graduates, judges, you know, are, are a few people on that list, but they really need to go to the list and check it out. Fantastic. Well, Kathy, if our listeners have any questions about convention or the East and West Trainers Conference, how would they get in touch with you? Um, well, the best place to go is to our website at www.usdf.org, or they can email me at kroberson at usdf.org. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for coming on, and we look forward to seeing you at those events. All right. I will see you. Right after this commercial break from Total Saddle Fit, we are going to come back with Hillary Moore Hebert. She is the uh, contributing editor for Dressage Today. This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, today it's me by myself, but it's perfect discussion today to have with Hillary Moore Hebert, our contributing editor from Dressage Today on. Hillary, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, without Philip, we decided that this was an awesome topic to talk about. Not that Philip, well, Philip wouldn't understand, but we were, <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit about you and you had a wonderful, beautiful baby boy. And yeah. we wanted to talk a little bit about sort of pregnancy and riding. And I think that yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So I had him on um, September 19th of this year. And um, as you guys know, for the listeners who've been following, um, it was a tricky choice for me because last year I was doing quite well with a horse um, that uh, my trainer bought for a dollar. And 
Um, we were doing a lot of the Grand Prix work this winter, but um, life calls, and I am in my mid-30s, so I decided to have a baby, and um, it was a tricky decision because I had to, um, you know, give up my competition year this year. So um, I stopped riding, I want to say, in early February, and um, it was a pretty obvious choice for me because um, I noticed, actually, that some of the horses started, like, being a little bit funny, and whether it was I was paranoid or they, you know, knew, like they say sometimes animals can tell, they just felt kind of a little bit squirrely and tight in the back, and I just got to the point where I just felt like they were a little bit timid, like when you go to a horse show and you're a bit nervous and then the horses get a little bit funny. And so I decided to stop riding just for safety's sake. And um, my doctor encouraged me uh, to do that just because I think um, the American Pregnancy Association now recommends that you not ride along with some other um, sports like downhill skiing and, um, you know, stuff like that. So, um, they encouraged me to do that and I was hesitant, but knew it was the right thing to do. So I have not, or until, uh, last week, I had not been riding since February, which is the longest stretch of time that I've gone, um, (laughs) since I was nine years old. Yeah. So what you were newly pregnant first trimester, when did you decide? Yeah, I was in my first trimester. They, um, you get to a point where the baby's kind of protected by your pelvis. So the chances of something happening, if you were to fall off, you'd really have to have like a major thing, but you get to the point where the baby starts to be a little bit heavier in there and then it gets bigger so that it's more exposed. So, um, I, uh, you know, just felt like it was the decision for me to stop. Um, and it was interesting because, I felt very alone in my choice and had always only known people to say, oh, you know, I rode until the minute that I went to the hospital to deliver. And um, I made a different decision, but it was interesting because once I made that choice, I had people kind of coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, you know, I had a friend who rode and she, um, you know, had this or this complication or I was wanting to ride and I ended up having to stop early because I was feeling uncomfortable. So it was nice to hear that because to be honest, I didn't have anyone that I felt like I could um, connect with that had stopped riding so soon. Yeah. And and, I mean, I, I, I come from a medical family. My dad's a doctor and my mom's a nurse and you know, my mom says the same thing. You know, I, I have not been pregnant. So I, I you know, this is certainly a, a very personal choice between you and your husband or partner. And for me, I, I'm with you. I think I would also make a very similar choice at that point uh, because I have had friends that have had complications due to riding or or due to whatever, but they were riding. Um, and my mom is really against it, uh, which is interesting because she's a lifelong horsewoman. And, but as a nurse, she said, as soon as I find out you're pregnant, you're not riding anymore. And, and again, it is a personal choice, but I think at that point for me as well, uh, it's just, you, you know, it's just when you have something in a little bit in, in the back of your mind, I think with any time you're riding, uh, you know, even if it's on a funny horse or something, it does change you. Uh, let's say you've seen a horse take off and buck with someone and then you you have to get on it and it's being good, but you have that little thing in the back of your mind that maybe this wouldn't be okay. 
And um, so I could see very clearly why you would say that um, and why you would say, you know, hey, this just wasn't for me. Um, and it's interesting to hear that that the doctors are kind of also saying that this is not the right choice. Is that kind of where you where you're going with that or is it a personal yeah choice? i mean it's not it's all i to be honest called around to seven places and was like okay my doctor's telling me i can't do this tell me that i can keep riding and i'll switch to you the second that you say it and i of the seven doctors i called um they had varying opinions of when to stop but none of them encouraged me to ride into the third trimester and what they all directed me to, and I don't know how new this is, but the American Pregnancy Association now says, um, you know, do not do high-impact sports, and it lists such as horseback riding, and then there's other things like skydiving, downhill skiing, <laughs> et cetera. I like and I think skydiving. I'm like, whoa, but it really, yeah. it's a day. I mean, it's probably equally as dangerous or more dangerous to be riding, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting to me that I didn't know is it's not the falling off, actually. It's the idea of, um, I think it's called placental abruption, where things kind of with the, the repeated concussion of sitting trot on a big horse, for example, um, you can kind of have things jerk loose. And I think it opens up a larger discussion because not everybody who's listening is really thinking about pregnancy. And, you know, you were talking about with Philip that um, he can't relate, but he sort of can and everyone can because I grew up with the mentality of, oh, you know, you broke your leg, then do work without stirrups. You broke your arm, you know, ride one-handed. And that's not safe. And Mm -mm. I think that we live in, uh, you know, an environment where, it's sort of like, how hard can you push when, you know, when you talk to your doctors, they're not telling yeah. you to do the same thing. And I think what I learned from taking almost a year off was, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to die because you can't do this. And we have plenty of years in our life. And, you know, are you doing things to just say you're doing it? Or are you riding at 110% when you're in that situation, whether it's, from, you know, pregnancy or from, um, you know, having a broken arm or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I've known a lot of people who they have sore backs and they ride through it and they end up with herniated discs because they just right. imagine that, you know, if you can grin and bear it, it'll work out for you. Hillary, I mean, I, one of the things that I've noticed with my friends that are pregnant is there really is a change in your balance at some yes. point. Um, and I've noticed with each of my friends, it's a different time and I've always thought, you know, when that happens, you really need to stop riding. It, and again, yeah. I've never been pregnant, so I don't know. But you can tell, like, they stumble more. They can't, you know, I you just don't have as much body control at that point because you're so, you know, your weight is different and there's other things going on. So um, that's... Yeah, and it's definitely, noticed. it's interesting to me because I, um, we were talking earlier before um, the show about how... I used to teach students who were very pregnant because I didn't know anything about it. And I figure, you know, if they want to do it, I'm fully supportive. But I always just noticed that they, it was, it was like a different person. It's very similar to, um, you know, the young rider that you have who has a growth spurt in a year and grows like a foot. Yeah. And, you know, their like torso is suddenly so long and they're kind of flapping in the breeze. I like to say where their muscles haven't caught up with their new body. 
And that's what I see also with people who are pregnant. And, um, you know, so it's sort of interesting because I'm not sure how much people necessarily get out of it at that point that you're kind of wobbling all over the place. And then your poor horse underneath you is like, (laughs) you know, trying to do the circle. And meanwhile, it's you literally have a whole nother person on top of you. So, um, you know, the that comes from a lot of the hormones that happen that allow you to actually give birth. And um, it mostly caught up with me because um, I got back in the saddle about a week and a half ago, and I felt surprisingly good. Um, Really? I went and rode, and I did, like, you know, 25 minutes the first day um, and felt like I couldn't do the sitting trot, but I was riding around and everything. So I did a short lesson on Sunday, um, and then that was the... That was it for me for a little bit because Uh Uh I really did my back in with all the muscles because, again, I was kind of, you know, wobbling all over the place because the hormones don't, um, you know, stop working for, I'm now at eight weeks past delivery and really it still is affecting me um, and I notice. And so um, I am, not only did I stop riding because I don't want to hurt myself long term, but also it just was not physically comfortable to do that. So I've gotten on to do some, you know, walk work on some of the horses that are my own, but um, I'm having my assistant trainer ride all the clients' horses because, you know, it's not fair to them that I'm experimenting. Um, But I right now am wearing um, like a lower back brace just to be extra careful for that reason. No, that makes sense. And you talked about it briefly, but really when you are pregnant and if you do choose to ride, you really should tell your instructor. And I've had, I've had several clients that have come to me and said, look, I'm newly pregnant. Um, it's not public knowledge yet, but I want you to know. And I appreciate that because if something were to happen, you, I, you know, you need to kind of know that and need know that that's going on. So I think that that's super important. Even if you're keeping it kind of a secret, you should be able to tell your instructor that. Um, and as an instructor, I certainly appreciate knowing that information and wouldn't share until I was told to share, you know? Um, well, and I think that is important to tell your instructor, not only because it's important for them to know, but it, I think that it is important for the instructor, whether they are or And the same applies, I think, in all cases like this, where whether it's pregnancy or any illness, I think it would be good for everybody who is a professional that is involved with someone in any situation like this to check with their insurance company and their lawyer, um, because I'm not sure that you would necessarily be covered if something were to happen, because, you know, if they came back and said that the doctor said, well, you know, I never said that was okay for her to do that. I, you know, it's sort of the same liability issues that I would wonder about as if somebody wanted to get on who had a broken leg. Well, if they fall off, were you as a professional responsible to sort of say, hey, that's super dangerous what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's wait a little bit. Right. Well, and I think, again, your instructor should be given that choice. <laughs> you know, if you, if you yeah. keep it a secret and your instructor doesn't know, I think that's a problem you know, that, that they don't, they can't have that discussion with you. I think that's super important. Well, and I think also too, um, you know, this is sort of a tangent to it, but I had a student, the same thing, you know, we have a lot of women in the sport and some of them are embarrassed to say, Oh, you know, I got some plastic surgery and, um, I had a student have a really bad fall 
And um, she had told me that she had gotten some plastic surgery and was recovering from it. So when the ambulance came, um, you know, she was able to tell them. And it made a huge difference because of the medications that she was on and for some other reasons in terms of blood clots and whatnot. So I think in general, like, even if you're embarrassed about it, it's important to share your medical history with your trainer. Yeah, absolutely. And at that point you know, you shouldn't, this, it's, it's part of being a trainer. And, and again, we need to know that. Or if you ride with someone at the barn, they need to know that whoever is going to be essentially the first responder, if there were to be a problem, should know that information. I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. So Hillary, tell us, how did you decide when you were ready to sort of get back in the saddle? What was, oh, how did you that? know, putting <laughs> into too much detail, there's like the time that you don't want to, and then you're like, okay, I, I feel like I could do that. And you just know, <laughs> but you also go just, you know, to have a checkup with your doctor to get everything all cleared up. But, um, it, it's very obvious. It's sort of the way that if you have a very bad flu, you just know when you're ready to get back to work and when you're not. And it just is very obvious. Got it. And do you know anything about a C-section? I, I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, so it was interesting because I saw, um, Silva Martin, right. She had a planned C-section. I mean, according to like my Facebook news reports and everything, but <laughs> she was due around the same time that I was. So we were always seeing each other at the shows. Um, and I had noticed that she had a planned C-section and I believe that from what I have heard that it is a longer recovery time. But again, um, you know, you just need to let yourself heal in either case. So I don't think that um, people who are not having a C-section are getting back in the saddle after a week. I um, I know that the woman, I think she was from Spain, she won the World Equestrian Games Endurance, and it was some really short amount of time. Her husband had kept her horse going, and I want to say she was like five weeks, postpartum, but maybe oh I've invented that time. But Ooh. I think, I mean, isn't that like a hundred mile ride or yes. 50 miles or something? It, it I mean, that me seems not, like... Not that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to jump in here because uh, <laughs> the one that really has, that really took eventing and is well known in eventing for this is Jessica Phoenix, who, who would ride to about three weeks before. And then uh, she was like doing the World Equestrian Games or Olympics. I forget which one, like six or eight weeks after. In yeah, a, in eventing. So um, I don't know how she does that. <laughs> no, the, as my brother said, because he has a new baby. Also, your back feels like glass. I mean, from oh. my baby, um, he is now 15 pounds, and he wants to be held all day long. And so, if you think that your back hurts after doing like PF passage transitions all over <laughs> the place, m- my back. No. And I was like a working student and everything. I've never had it be so sore in my entire life because you're picking up a dead weight of 15 pounds about 8,000 times a day. And they're always like in front of you on the bed or something. So you have to lean over but forward to get them. And if it's not your lower back, it's your upper back. And, oh, my gosh, I don't know how you could do that and then feel as though you had any, you know, strength left to do anything after that. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's I'm not sure. I, that, yeah, that's an ad for me to get pregnant. I'm like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Hillary, tell us, what is it like now to have the baby in the barn and your schedule? If there is one, how does that, how are you making that work? 
Yeah, so um, first of all, um, my assistant trainer, Sarah Lipkowitz, is like a godsend. In addition to the fact uh, my barn staff, my barn manager, and um, my weekend help, they just are all fantastic. Um, so I can be in the house, which is just across the driveway from the barn. Um, you know, it was really, we we bought the property with this in mind so that it would be close, but they're fantastic. So if we're having sort of a crisis, I can have it. Like right now we're getting half the horses fit for saddles and, um, you know, they can handle it all. And it's, it's really, that's the number one thing. But um, what's nice is in the beginning, the, he slept so much I could teach. And they say that whatever you do with them in utero, they kind of get used to. So I was yelling across the indoor ring and he would just sleep through it. So I was doing a lot of lessons. Now that he's a bit older and kind of fussy, um, I have the headset so that I can talk to people and I don't have to yell so much. Um, but definitely uh, the thing that I've noticed is I have someone come to help for four hours in the evening because I teach mostly people after their work schedule. Um, so she comes and helps and he stays inside, which we're going to have to do because as the weather gets colder, um, you know, he won't be able to come out in January and February. But um, I definitely also, in terms of just how heavy he is, um, it's good for me to kind of have a little bit of a physical break just because, um, you know, my back is so sore and I need to let that heal itself. And being able to hand him off even just for an hour here and there really makes a difference. <laughs> Are all the horses getting used to the uh, stroller and all that good stuff at this point? Yeah, I mean, they all seem pretty used to it. Um, it's funny. Uh, it seems like they are more um, nervous about, like, if there's a blanket on the stroller than if he's screaming <laughs> or anything like that. So that seems to be the big thing. But I figure it's better to get them desensitized now so that yeah. <laughs> they will get more comfortable at the shows. And I love it when I, you know, you see somebody's ring and their little toys in there. So the kids are playing <laughs> when they're doing that always cracks me up. So, yeah. uh, but no, I mean, it sounds, it actually sounds like you've been able to make it work and the choices that you've made um, have not really impacted. You've been able to, to make it work. Uh, kind of any closing thoughts on, on having a baby yeah. and horses? Well, it's funny that you said that because um, I think uh, I'm going to talk at the Young Rider Graduate Program in January down in Florida. Um, and it's funny because in the past, uh, I have always talked about interacting with the media and things related to the fact that I work at the magazine. And this year, um, they asked me to talk about how to juggle dressage with, you know, the rest of your life. And um, I thought it was interesting because, first of all, I think that represents very much the change of, you know, it changes who you are. And the fact already that I am getting different topics to talk about speaks to that. But I was thinking about what that meant. And I was thinking about what you could even really tell people that would be helpful in their early 20s. Um, and I think that it's the risk of sounding really like cheesy and kind of 1940s. I think that it's important for people who are planning with goal setting to decide sooner rather than later if they want to have kids because it is a, a big adjustment to what's going on. So don't, you know, have a plan of buying a young horse and going up to Grand Prix, uh, you know, and having that coincidentally overlap with the fact that you want to have four kids because 
you can't do that without taking breaks in between. Um, so set yourself up for a plan, whether it's that you would have a trainer, you know, keeping the horses working for you if you're going to have a kid or, you know, figure out in your life goals how that's going to work because it's not something that you can just kind of throw into the mix. And I think I, like everybody else, assumed that everything could kind of come together more easily. And it it hasn't been hard, but it definitely has been more difficult than I realized to sort of juggle all of it together. Because at the end of the day, the baby takes priority. And as much as I, for example, would love to get back riding right now, um, you know, I still have to pick him up. My back still hurts. And so I just have to take that one day at a time. And I could see that if I imagined somehow that, you know, if I had had him six weeks earlier, maybe I could have gone to regionals because I had qualified last fall for them. I mean, you can get to the point where you make too many plans and, you know, they don't always work out as you expected. So I think that's the one thing is whether it's having a kid or anything else, I think it's important to kind of plan everything along with your your riding goals um, so that they all mesh together. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great takeaway. And I think that's the same even you know, just for being married and having a spouse that's not into horses. And, uh, you know, we could talk a ton about that as well is, is you really, it is important to take time to, to work with, you know, do things with your spouse and, and enjoy that. Um, and, and for, for me, um, I think it's okay. I did not, I'm 35. So, um, as of right now, my husband and I have chosen not to have children because I, I, I notice my sister, I, I can borrow my sister's kids and she's wonderful about that. Um, but for me, I see it's really difficult. Like I really commend you and, and have a lot of, um, just, I just think you're wonderful. Cause I think it would be very hard to do what I do on a daily basis and have a child. And I mean, it was, it, that would be overwhelming for me. So, you know, for, for me and my life goals, I have decided at this point with my career and where we are that that, that doesn't work. And, and I think that's fine. You know, that's good for us. That's been our choice. Um, but I certainly, wow. I mean, being a working mom is really, really hard. And being a, a working mom that is running a farm and teaching lessons and all the things that we have to do um, to keep it all straight is is really commendable. So um, definitely a high five from me. And uh, I can't wait to meet him. And um, thank you for sharing, um, you know, what's wh- how, and I'm so glad we did this because we don't really talk about it. And I, I have never heard it talked about. Uh, and I'm yeah. so glad that you shared. Well, um, you're welcome for doing that. And uh, James will be very excited. He gets to spend his first winter down in Wellington when we come down to visit. So gonna, <laughs> I can't wait to meet him. See, I can steal yeah. him and, and give you the hour break and I will think it's fantastic. <laughs> I'll just kiss him and do all kinds of stuff. That would be so fun. I love, I love him. So, well, Hillary, thank you so much. And as always, how do our listeners find you online? Um, they can check us out at dressagetoday.com as well as on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and Pinterest. Fantastic. Thanks, Hillary. Talk to you next month. Okay. Well, Glenn, for the for our kind of wrap-up of the show today, I thought it would be great for us to talk just a minute. I had to ask you the one question of the week. What are you thankful for this year? Well, you know, it's been an incredible year for us. Uh, we, you, it, I got in 
you know, I actually got out of the house in the studio and got to go to a podcasting conference. And from that, it's led to a lot of different things. So it's been an, it's been a really good year for the Horse Radio Network. We've gotten some recognition in the podcasting world as being one of the best uh, and longest uh, podcasting companies out there. So that's been kind of neat. It's led to a lot of speaking engagements and things like that. Uh, you know, I love my, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, last week about my pony who who is a little bit of a baby bolter, but he's so much fun. <laughs> and has so much personality. And, you know, I've been married for almost 30 years now, and I still love spending every day of my life with Jennifer. Oh, uh, you know, we work. Love to, it. We work together. You know, you know. Everybody calls us the cute couple because we're still you after thirty are. years, kind of gushy. So you uh, are. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. And and you know, this time of year, I really love living in Florida. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No, it's been a good year. So I've been, awesome. really enjoyed it. That's How about awesome. you? Well, I, you know, also, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have a wonderful husband that takes great care Travis. of me. Travis. And that he, you know, he's so supportive of what we do here at the and farm. you guys have been married almost 40 years now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we celebrated our nine-year anniversary this year, which, you know, coming up for the big one next Yay. year, we're trying to figure out, yeah, what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, we just, I am thankful for our farm here. You know, we are able to provide education and a fun place to come. And we have a, a great internship program where we, we really try to, to educate a lot of young ladies um, on, on the sport of dressage. And um, I'm very thankful uh, to my sponsor, Town & Country Farms. Uh, you know, they have made it really possible for me to compete um, both Elancourt and Zodion this year. Uh, and that's been pretty awesome. And I'm also thankful to my team that I have here. I have, again, wonderful, wonderful people that work here, wonderful girls that work very hard for me, uh, Mary and Britt and uh, Nicole. Uh, they're fantastic. And then um, my veterinary team and my chiropractor. And, you know, I just have such a, a great um, group of people that every day to come to work, it really is, I, I feel like I'm the luckiest girl in the world. You know, I get to play with ponies all day and work with fantastic people who want to make the horse community a better place. So, um, and I've also, you know, uh, stepped out a little bit myself and, uh, professor. Yes. I took the job at UK and that's been, uh, more fun actually than I thought. I was really nervous. So that was fun, you know, to kind of, kind of, step out and be thankful for the fact that I have, uh, you know, I do other things and, and I did go to school for a very long time. Uh, so that's been fun. So it's been also a great year for us and, uh, also looking forward to coming to Florida and, and, you know, that's a great time for me to work on my own, uh, riding and my own skills. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great year. And, and also my family, I've got a great supportive family, my mom and my sister, uh, who still help me and my, all my nieces and nephews, they're great. So well, yeah, there's very good one year. other thing we're both thankful for. And that's Philip. Yes. Oh, we're thankful for We Phillip. love hanging out together <laughs> every do. week. We do. We're lucky that every Thursday night I get to hang out with you guys and it's fantastic. So very, very happy to be part of the team here and, and see, um, you know, it's, it's so cool to see the success that the Horse Radio Network is having. And I feel like we have a little part of that as well. Well, you know, I, I'm so lucky. I have like 20 hosts that I enjoy working with. You know, every one of them I look forward to doing the shows with all the time. So, you know, that that's pretty cool. neat. You know, I, I always say I'm probably making 
making less money than I've ever made in the past, especially, <laughs> you know, in financial sales and stuff, but I'm having more fun than I ever had. So, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's, you. that's important. I think too. we're in both careers that are not, exactly. Money makers. <laughs> exactly. but you know what, we're having a great time and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. And thank you Thanksgiving. to our listeners. We're thankful yes. for you too. Very thankful and very, very happy that you uh, make it possible that we can be on every week. So well, we'll see forward. you on Monday and we'll have yes. about 20 of those hosts on all one day. It's a great big party. So join us on Monday. Check it out. All the websites will have the links. So uh, check, check it out great. Monday. We'll see you, Reese. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, Glenn. <laughs> 